Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vince and Zach, and we are here to talk about the Flash number one, written by Cy Spurrier, illustrated by Mike Deodato Jr. And uh, Vincey, I want to start with you on this one. Of course, you do. Well, because I have a reason why, though. Uh, you and I had a conversation. I don't know if Zach was here or not. Uh, it was a while ago now, specifically about Deodato's art on the show, and you were pretty uh, honest in your feelings about, about his art. And so I was surprised when there was that uh, issue of, was it in the Flash 800 that we got the preview of this? Yeah. You actually, you weren't as, as hard on the art in that for that story as you were for the uh, for our previous conversation about his work. So I'm curious mm-hmm. if, if this sort of fell more into your limited enjoyment of the 800 stuff, or if this was, you know, the data that you don't particularly care for. It was both. Okay. Um, I honestly, like there are bits of this where I really like the art and I, I'm, I'm impressed with what Deodato is doing and he's juggling a lot of elements and putting a lot of detail into it. And there's sequences that I really appreciate and we can get more granular with that um, in a bit, but then there's other times where there's other times where there's just uncanny Valley shit going on with the faces. Yeah. Um, There's times where the, there's times where the characters look incredibly smooth and then there's times where the characters look incredibly stiff. It almost looks like it's not even the same artist to me at times. The page that I like the least art-wise is the one after the opening sequence with uh, Bart and Max, where you see Wally for the first time fighting the the gorillas. And he's like, he's in the foreground and it makes him look like a giant. Yes, I hate Um, that as well. The structure of the page is just terrible. I, I understand that it's supposed to be like a close-up perspective of Wally, but he looks like a giant walking through the city because it's not well done. And also the the draftsmanship of that page, like just the line work itself is not that strong. Like Wally's in a weird pose that doesn't look good. The shading is very weird on his face. Uh just it's it's it is the perfect example of a Diodato page that I do not like, that I recoil from. And then I guess I'll just give you an example of one that I really like now. Uh, the page where the, like, there's a couple pages later where the indigo streak is bouncing back and forth uh, into buildings and stuff. Huh. And and then the, the civilian or the reporter or whatever falls into his hand, his arms, and then falls on the ground. I think that bit conveys the exact right amount of motion that the scene is going for. I think that's really well done. Later, there's a scene with Wally and his kids and Linda at their home. All of that stuff is really well done. There's a lot of speed suggested with the kids running around the house and everything's moving so fast, but Linda is absolutely still in the center of it. And it's very melancholy and sad. And all of that stuff the Diodato has to do some like Wally does a little bit of facial acting. That's kind of interesting during that scene. And I think Diodato Dado handles that very well. 
but it's like literally a 50 50 mix of art that i don't like and art that i appreciated from the same artist in the same issue it's wild Zach, and there's there's a reason, by the way, that we're talking about the art first. I know usually we talk about story first. I have a reason, which I'll reveal in a second, of why I want to talk about the art first. But Zach, what do you think of this art? Um, I I think I mostly agree with Vince, but I think I come out like a little bit cooler in that I didn't really enjoy much of. I I didn't think like the facial work was that generally that great either. I was I actually thought it was like pretty. Oh, at times it's terrible. Yeah, um, I guess I guess there were like even fewer times that I that I thought it was good than you did. Um, sure. uh, I did. I didn't think that there was like a lot of redeeming quality there. Um, I the thing I really liked or like valued was the like the structure and like the panel layouts and everything that yes Deodato was doing. Um, I thought it helped make even the kind of like more static looking uh, like sequences, which we've talked a lot about how like Deodato is kind of more of like a pinup-y type artist. Um, I I thought it like really helped sell some of like the, you know, more like dynamic aspects of the flash. Um, So that, that was, I really, I really liked that. And then like anytime the story called, like the script called for things to get kind of trippy and weird. Like Diodata was really, really good at that. I thought so. Um, I I am also like Vince, kind of like a mixed bag. But um, I think um, a, a little less positive, just in, in that some of the things that I think he liked, I I didn't care for, or, or, or I didn't I didn't see the good there as much as he did. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think I fall somewhere closer to Zach, but not far from either of you on this. I specifically wrote down how good the the layouts were for this. Um, I, I've talked about this on the show before, but one of my favorite comics in terms of how it's laid out is the first arc of the Flash run that Francis Manipal wrote and drew for the New 52. Hmm. Uh, that first arc had such good layouts where everything felt like it was perpetually in motion. And this didn't quite feel as perpetual motiony as that one did but it, it gave a sort of a similar vibe where you just felt like things were moving and there was a lot happening and you sort of it gave you a tiny glimpse into what it must be like to be a speedster and i thought that this did a similar job where there are parts of this that are very disorienting and it, it mimicked what might be a disorienting moment for wally so i i really liked that aspect of it uh that page that Vince called out where where it's like giant Wally in the foreground is is god awful. And there's there's a lot of the facial stuff here that just totally misses for me. Um but I think overall this looks better than I presumed it would when the creative team was announced. Would, would you both agree with that also? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think I would, yeah. Yeah. So that's you know, that's a that's a good thing, I suppose. Um, the reason I wanted to start with the conversation about uh, about the art is uh, I'm not going to reveal the listener's name, but a listener reached out to me and said specifically when we talked about the Flash when it was being written by Jeremy Adams, we would talk about the plot, 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 and then we would just shit on the art for like ten seconds and then move on. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. 
I, I, I am making an effort here with this flash run. In our defense, bit... the art was generally pretty not pretty not great. <laughs> Correct, but but you know the the listener had said that you know maybe we could give a little bit more context to that, yeah. um, which is which is fair, I think. So so I wanted to start there, especially with this being a new run. I think like generally with Adam's flash run, especially it's like. We could only talk about the 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 failure the, the the like pros and cons of Passeran's flash mark so so much. <laughs> right, fair, yeah, yeah. Um, now, Vince, you I, are... I don't ever, I don't want to change, so I'm afraid <laughs> of change. I don't plan on it. So okay, fair enough. What I was going to say is, you are all Vince. You are also a Cy Spurrier denier. I am, uh, and so. Uh, I'm curious, you know, I know that you were a big, big fan of the Jeremy Adams run and to have that run replaced by an artist and a, a writer you're not too hot on. I, I was thinking about you as I was reading this. So uh, how did your size Spurrier bias come into play here? I really like this. Oh, I really like this. This is the this is the best Spurrier thing I've read in a dog's age um tell us why uh first of all it's so dense but in like in exactly the way that i want it to be i've said before that if there's only going to be one flash book and i know that there's a speed force book coming but and that's only a minute they announced now it's only a mini series by the way yeah. it, was, it was not solicited as either and now it's solicited as a mini sure wait what's solicited as a mini the speed force series oh okay yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the avery uh wallace series yeah, gotcha, gotcha. But you know, if there's only going to be one Flash title, I want it to be dense and give um, every member or most members of the Flash family their due, right? And I think I expect what I expected going into this was for Spurrier to take this book and make it only about what his story was going to be. In the way that, like, create not that he's necessarily an unfriendly creator to working with working inside of a uh, of shared universe, you know, like he's done it plenty of times, but he is so stylistically um, unique and kind of like every every series has like this defined kind of like viewpoint that is very much Spurrier's right and so it wouldn't have surprised me at all for him to completely jettison what Adams had done before or at least stick a pin in it and let some other writer come back to it in the future right and he doesn't do that at all like this picks up pretty much right where that run ends off um and we get to see little bits with Bart and Max and we get Wally's family and especially bits with uh, their children. And uh, we even get um, Maxine, uh, Animal Girl. Yeah, that part is really fun. Just how much Spurrier is digging into stuff that uh, was very much the prior writers kind of like situation and pet characters and all this thing and, and and how friendly he's being with that stuff and then like maybe advancing the football on some of that stuff a little bit uh well at the same time crafting this story that i mean we don't know much about the villain yet and 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 that might not i, I think the villain is 
as is usually the case, kind of the least intriguing thing about all of this. But I love the way that he builds up the mystery about what's going on with the villain by having uh, the gorillas and Grodd like show up and they're inve- they're investigating something that we don't understand. And then they disappear through these portals. And they're using this new like uh, advanced technology or whatever. Like all of that stuff was very, it, it had me wondering what was going on in a way that I'm, I'm usually not engaged with that part of a comic. Like, especially when there's a new villain introduced, I'm, I'm very cold on it until proven otherwise, but the way that um, the way that Spurrier kind of drags the reader along with these little bits of intrigue and especially involving the gorillas was a, a really interesting thing. And I want to talk, I want you guys to talk some more first, but I want to talk about the ending because I also really loved the ending and the tone of it. And uh just the flow of it and the way it was presented uh so i want to talk about that at the end before we're done but man i really like this for how dense it was and for how much it felt like a part of a bustling dcu yeah i'll I'll argue with most of that um i thought there was a lot of good work done here to continue the status quo from adams without feeling like it was just like this this is a new number one although i should say did you guys notice on the cover it says number one legacy 801 Mm. that's a yeah i think i think some other books have had that as well i think superman had it last week yeah i like it it's cool anyway yeah like this is supposed to feel bigger than just a a new creator coming on the book um but it does feel you know so in a way it does feel that way but like you said vince i mean if if Maxine suddenly stopped being a part of it, I don't think anybody would have been surprised. But like, oh, sorry, I misspoke. I was th- action had it this week, so maybe it's a new thing. No, not action. action? That's action already has. There's there's some book that I saw that had it. Okay, <laughs> sure, yeah. But yeah. maybe it was this week, and maybe it's like a new thing that they're instituting. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but like you know, the job at Terrific Tech. If that went away, it wouldn't have been that surprising. All this stuff just it, it, it's nice to see him carry over. What I think could be a considered a criticism of the Adams run, although I, I I never really thought of it as a criticism until reading this issue, is that Wally was sort of the only perspective we ever got in that book. While there be other characters around, we were always seeing things through Wally's eyes. And in this issue, we see stuff through Mr. Terrific's eyes. We see stuff through Linda's eyes. Oh, and that's some of the best stuff. It is mm-hmm. that is that is the best stuff in the issue, I would say. Yeah. Um and so, you know, we're just getting more perspectives on this. And like the the Max and uh and Bart thing doesn't really connect to the story that much yet, but I love that it's there. And and it's it's sort of it's just seeding this idea of like the speed force. Something's wrong with the speed force, right? And um, but I love that they, they chose to do that through these two legacy characters of of Max and uh Bart, and also through the people that he's working with at terrific tech. Like all of this just fits really well together. This is a very, very well constructed first issue. Um, There are a few things I want to get into uh, in a minute, but Zach talk to us a little bit about the story before we do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the story. This was a just terrific uh, first issue in, in my eyes. Um, I, 
I, I, you know, kind of echo a lot of the things that you guys have said and, you know, adding on, you know, some, some things I, I really appreciated um, how much the story, how, how much the issue was able to feature the, the wide cast in a really interesting and meaningful way. Um, it, and it was an oversized issue. So, you know, that helps. Um, but like specifically, yeah, like the scene with Mr. Terrific, this, I think the, the two scenes that stood out in the book the most for me were the, the scenes at the school with, um, Jai and Maxine and, um, Irie, like just some real, just like a really interesting, like, gosh, like these kids like deserve their own book, honestly, <laughs> you know, like it would, it could be so cool and interesting. Um, but just like how ominous that, that section was. And then, and then the scene with Linda, um, hit like probably just a little bit too close to home. I yep. Think. yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so like, just really appreciated that. And yeah, and like building off of the Adams run in a really interesting way with like, yeah, when we last saw those characters, I think like Linda was still pregnant or maybe had like just given birth. Is that right? I think, I think by the end she had like just given birth. Right. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Um, and like dealing with the aftermath of her, you know, losing her powers and also like being a parent, um, you know, or already a parent, but like being a, a parent to a, 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 you know, a, an infant, you know, again, well, also, um, it's like the, the transformation that her life took while she was pregnant. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, and, and yeah. going, come, falling out of that, um, which, you know, is that kind of thing happens in real life without superpowers. You know, you get you, you ha have older kids and you get, uh, you know, a degree of your life back in a way. And then you have a newborn and you go back into that again and uh yeah that that stuff was all really well handled i think and i i like i'm so i i'm so tired of you know superhero comics have putting in like relationship drama and that that conflict all the time especially like with dc's history of just like you know <sighs> But it feels organic and 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 it's in it makes sense um this this conflict. so I, I don't begrudge it too much. So um really enjoyed all that. And then just like, I'm a sucker for like Spurrier's weird like metaphysical scientific mumbo jumbo, uh, much much as I am, you know, with when Morrison does that kind of thing, like i've I've really enjoyed what. Spurrier's been doing over on um, his X books, so uh, yeah, I'm a hundred percent here for that. And, and the ending was just like kind of just—I won't say it like floored me, but it was just like I—I I, I was very impressed by just how much Spurrier is going for it. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't really discuss Chad. The indigo speedster. Well, yeah. that's the that's the ending piece that I wanted to come back to. So okay, good. Yeah. Uh in my notes here I did write uh 
the virgin grot of the Chad Chad. <laughs> <laughs> so go for it, Vince. Um, oh, I just loved I loved that whole sequence because I mean, except for the art. Uh although <laughs> although maybe it's appropriate that Chad looks stupid. Um because like what is that drawing of him where he's like where he's yelling incoming? He, he his hair looks terrible. He looks like a clown. Um, yeah, he, he has he has a red nose like me for blowing it for two days straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know the art there didn't didn't look great, but when he starts like dissociating and then <laughs> explodes into one of the goriest things I've seen in a in a mainline DC comic in a while, <laughs> um, yeah. that bit is so good and so unexpected. And having Grodd throwing up in the background yeah. <laughs> after seeing that is is such a great touch. Or maybe that's not Grodd. Maybe that's one of his... I think that might be one of his lackeys. Yeah, I no, think Grodd has left by that okay, point. Grodd okay. has yeah. left the building. Grodd's, yeah. wearing, Grodd's wearing the big red thing yes, on his yes, head. Yes, yes, Yeah. Grodd is wearing <laughs> Cerebro on his head. Right. And, uh, yeah. But regardless, like to have one of the gorillas throwing up is a great sight gag. Um, and to have there be uh, like a, the phonetics of what his puke is sounding like coming out of his mouth is great as well. Um, yeah, that whole bit was uh, just really audacious. And and like I said, I, the, the uncoiled, they exist in the space between the seconds or whatever. I don't know that that kind of that's just that sounds like generic flash villain stuff. But the presentation at the end was so over the top that uh, I, I appreciated it. <laughs> um, yeah, I really loved that sequence uh, for for the grotesquery and the comedy and the yeah, re- really, really great way to end the issue. I think. Agreed. Um. So I, I have a question that I don't know if we're not supposed to know this or not, or if I'm just too dumb to know this. Who was the person that Mr. Terrific was talking to in in the Terrific Labs? So I don't know if we're supposed to know yet. I kind of think that we're not, but he had a cowl on that looked very Batman-esque. Yes. But, but he also gl- had like gloves. those gloves on. Yeah. 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 The so gloves looked like um uh oh fuck it's out of my head now give me a second uh my, my first thought was it was midnighter it did because look it, kind of midnighter he does yeah. a cowl but that's not um god who was it talk amongst yourselves uh where hey, is this hey hi how's it going zach pretty good so you you feel like uh metron Linda... look, oh. look, look, look metron's hands kind of oh where where is this? There's a scene in Terrific Tech where Mr. Terrific is talking to somebody, and we oh, never really see. see who they are. Yeah, yes, and oh. they're in the shadows later, also. Yep, yep, yep. The guy who talks about PEMDAS. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And what is what does Mr. Terrific call him in that scene? The investigator or something like that? Inspector. The inspector. Yes. Doesn't the glove? Doesn't that pattern kind of look like the Metron? Yeah, yeah, it pattern. does. It does. The, but the but the but the cowl looks like Midnighter or Batman, <laughs> right. right? My Interesting. 
my crazy theory is that it's it's Wally from the future. Okay. Because the way they talk about it, like they talk about him like they, they feel sorry for him. the poor Sam doesn't know what's coming. Like it kind of sounds like maybe he's something you would say about yourself if you do if you go back and look at yourself at 15 or whatever, you know. I think it's the new age of heroes sideways because at the end Mr. Things Terrific says yes, it's, think thinking, sideways. it's thinking it's oh, thinking sideways. God, I hope so. <laughs> it's That's not. Like, he yeah. doesn't look anything like him, but also is he blowing a bubble of gum at the end? Yes, he is. Yeah. Okay, so that that's got to be a hint, right? Who loves gum in the? I asked him for some gum. This is a reference Zach will never get. That's okay. <laughs> I don't get it. It's um, fine. But yeah, he is. That never happens on the show, so it never. It's fine that it happens just this one time. <laughs> I'm googling uh, char- DC characters who love gum. You can talk while I do this. Yeah. Um, it's very strange, though. But I, I think it's a cool... I mean, it's another little mystery that the, sh- that the book is putting out there. Um, it's Plastic Man's son. It's Elastic Lad. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't hate that. <laughs> that's some... Is that... That's Kingdom stuff, right? Yeah. Or no? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, he's in the Kingdom. Zach just wants everything to be the kingdom. I do. He, he I would do. never. He would never complain about doing a podcast again if DC would just commit to the kingdom. I know. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I thought was going to happen when Wade came on. I was like, okay, yeah, it's going to be the kingdom. Well, oh. you know, he wanted to. He started it, and then the deep state stopped him from. Yeah. The DC deep state. Yeah. It's too dangerous of an idea. Um. So I, I do have a couple other just things I want to talk about here. This is the first time I think that um that we have seen a mention of Cliff from Maxine and Oliver Time in this in the flash books. Is that correct? Mm, there's no way of knowing. But two things. She calls him Clifford, which I feel like never happened in Animal Man comics. He was always clever, at least at least not modern Animal Man comics, right? Um, but yeah, my question sure. is, do we think that 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 his death has been retconned? The way it's the way it's used is is kind of. She says like um, she's so it's, it's um, Irie is talking with Maxine in school. Yeah, Maxine talks about a time when. Cliff accidentally walked in on her in the bathroom, or she walked in on Cliff in the bathroom. And he was jacking off. Yeah. Um, but like it's unclear Great, whether that's thanks. that's exactly what the story is. I'm not making yes, this I up. I know, I know, I know. Um, it's a minor you're talking about there. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, a, a fictional minor that is in text masturbating. I can't mention it. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, but you can't tell if, like this if this is something that happened a long time ago. Or this is something that you know happens happened recently or whatever. So I'm just I, curious. I think it's I think it's I think. just a memory from a bygone age, and he's still dead. You think so? Yeah. I feel like it's the yeah. one thing she remembers about her brother after all these years. Honestly, <laughs> cranking his hog. 
I, I think if he wasn't dead, there we would have had a comic about that. I don't I mean, know. Like, it's a new Fifty Two plot point. You know that hasn't. So been is up all of since. this. So is all of everything. Is he's not wrong. That's true. <laughs> I, I was gonna try to refute that, but I can't. So. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And the last thing I did want to talk about, though, we can talk about more, but this is just the last thing on my list. Is it begins, the comic begins with Grodd basically being like, sorry, your marriage broke up while he's like, what are you talking about? So obviously it is, there, there is, there is a hinted breakup coming between Wally and Linda. Mm-hmm. And while I don't love, like Wally West has just been through so much of the character. Let let the guy be happy, right? And yeah, I, I mean, he like just found her again, basically. In right. Yeah. The beginning of um, Infinite Frontier. Yeah. I mean, and and I don't know if the I don't think they're necessarily going to like sign divorce papers in the comics or anything. Um, but if they're going to have them break up, or at least have marital problems, this may be one of the most realistic superhero couple fights I can remember. Yes. Not, not fights, mm-hmm. fights the wrong word, just like situations I can remember. This well, feels it's, incredibly it's, authentic. It's, it's sad instead of like a a lot of times in comics, in superhero comics, there's like a massive blow up and from one side or the other or both, it's it's irrational. Uh-huh. Like in, in especially in the world of superheroes, you know? But this is like there's a layer of like sad realism to it that's really effective. Yeah. Uh, and also, they should invite Dan DiDio back to um, celebrate breaking up a, <laughs> a relationship with the DCU. Every time a DC relationship is ended, Dan DiDio gets a boner. <laughs> he he can like tell he has no he's not privy to any of the information from DC anymore. But somewhere out there, he goes, "Oh, exactly. I just, I just felt it." Yeah. As if a thousand DC marriages were <laughs> a boo boo. Um, that one that impression truly had everything. It was a little bit of Star Wars <laughs> thrown in there, a little bit of uh, Yogi Bear, a little bit of Bernie <laughs> yeah. Sanders. It truly, truly something for everybody in that impression. Yep. Uh, the part that I liked about that was when when she says, "As always, it is not until the house is perfectly silent that the pipe begins to play." And then the music comes in over her head, you know, uh-huh. um, because I'm 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 wondering, is that the Pied Piper? And does Linda know that he's gay? Because I don't think <laughs> it, it makes it seem like she's going to cheat with the Pied Piper, but I don't think that's going to happen. You're out of luck, Linda. Why is Trump involved now? Because <laughs> he he loves uh, commenting on celebrity relationships. You know that is true. That is, that is true. Yeah, and Linda was a news uh, a, a news broadcaster. Yeah, that's right. He would he would say, she, "Wally, she's gonna she's gonna divorce you like a dog." <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, no, that part was weird. I don't I don't know what that's about. No, but 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 what I liked about it was it reads poetically. And so it could just be like a, a turn of phrase I'm not familiar with. Or it could mean something that will be revealed down the line. But it didn't I don't know. Everything Springer did in this book just sort of worked for me 
like plot wise, it all just felt very natural and very well considered. And yeah, I I really, really enjoyed this. Any other topics of conversation before we move off this? Look at you guys converting to the Spurrier camp. I was never really <laughs> I never really had an opinion on Spurrier, honestly. Yeah, no, we really haven't talked about Spurrier very much on this show. That's uh, true. We none of us really cared for that initial those first few issues of Hellblazer. I think I think we were all generally pretty high on um, the Dreaming when that was coming out, or I think I think we mo- mostly liked it. Who could, um, who I, I liked I liked the first couple issues of it, but then I just stopped reading it and never went back. Same, um, I think. Yeah. Uh, he had a very short justice league arc that i did not like at all remember that i don't remember that or am i am i am i crazy was it like i'll look it up i'll look it up i'm looking it up right now happened like a couple years ago yeah it looks like that's true yeah it was like three issues or something but it was it was uh Really ungainly and boring. Let's see. Galaxy of Terrors by Simon Spurrier. Hmm. Interesting. Did they call him Simon Spurrier? Well, they do in this they do. Uh, bo- book. Books a million uh, overview. Okay, I didn't know if you were just like uh, being no, cute. No, no, not at all. I'm never cute. Oh, that's not true. You, you're, you know, you're the cute beetle, Zach. <laughs> okay. Brian's the um, I'm the angry one. <laughs> okay, all right, I'll let you have that. Yeah. And and what am I? I'm I'm not the silent beetle. That's for no. sure. No, you're Ringo. I'm Ringo. Yeah, you're Fab. <laughs> oh, it feels a hole in me pocket. All right, well that does it for this week. Um, Vincey, what comes out next week? Um, ah, you were supposed to give me more lead time than that. <laughs> we just decided to end the show, and then you're like, hey, what's what's on next? Okay, I got it. Uh, Batman, this is the first week of October, right? Yes. Yes, Batman 138, Poison Ivy 15, Shazam 4, Birds of Prey 2, uh, The Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing, number 11. <laughs> Blue Be- I'll never stop laughing. That same, that's same, same, yeah. <laughs> still going on. Uh, Blue Beetle 2, Peacemaker Tries Hard, number 6, Fire and Ice 2. Um, DC's Ghouls Just Want to Have Fun, number 1. Um, Justice Society of America Gold, number 1. Is that a reprint? It is, yeah. It's yes. like the first three issues of JSA. Oh, it's one of those. I, I love how there's no consistent naming convention with those at all. There's no way of knowing that that's what it is unless you... Yeah, unless look you pull into it, up and it look for at it. Yeah. yeah, there's also a new Golden Age special. Did you mention that yet? No, I was just about to say that. But is okay. that actually so new, it's or is just that a the Golden of- Age with previews of the three new minis that are coming out tacked on? Great, God damn okay. it, Good. awesome. Ah, <sighs> so well, else? no, that's it. Oh, that's it? Unless, okay, you, well. unless you want me to mention Scooby Doo. I always want you to mention Scooby Doo. Scooby no. doesn't do. Doesn't Where are do. you? Number 124. They should call the show Velma. I believe they just announced a new Shally Fish written Batman Scooby Doo mysteries ongoing again. That book has happened like four <laughs> different times. I think it's back again. 
and they can't do a Scooby Doo book without Batman in it anymore. Yeah. And to be fair, I think Batman and Robin did guest star on an episode of Scooby Doo like back in the seventies. Well, yeah, they did. Yeah, they there had the special. Well, I know right. there's a special, but I, but I believe that that that's you know that might be one of DC's most long-standing crossovers with a non-DC property. It is, but God damn it, people like just give up on Batman. Read some other shit. If yeah. I ever get to write for DC, I am gonna I'm gonna do what Tom King did for like DC and the uh, for Batman and Looney Tunes. I'm I'm gonna do it for Scooby Doo. <laughs> you're gonna have him go to some place called scrappies yeah it's gonna be uh you're gonna make it canon is uh-huh. that what you're saying i am gonna make it canon yeah yeah that's a good idea yeah i get behind that anyway two-thirds of Ruby, us are Ruby, <laughs> that's after i do my scooby-doo twin peaks uh oh crossover. that's wonderful oh, that that would be really good okay real quick who would the like the, the mystery machine gang be so we have five roles to play here. We have Fred, Shaggy, Velma, Daphne, and Scooby. Who are the Twin Peaks equivalents of those characters? Well, no, I'm 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 doing an actual crossover. I know, but I'm talking about just for for this fun game we're gonna play now. Okay, okay. Um well Dougie is Shaggy. Okay. <laughs> I know okay. that's un- an unconventional. It doesn't way make to any sense. <laughs> they probably both love coffee the same amount. You could still use Cooper uh, if you want, also. I mean, isn't Fred just Cooper? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Um, this is as much fun as I thought it was going to be. Uh, <laughs> See, that's is- why Zach's, Zach's idea is better. They have to cross over. They're not... Right, One is right. not subsuming the other. No, I understand. Right. I understand. But, you know, I was basically looking for an excuse to t- discuss, like, um, who would be the Daphne and Velma of Twin Peaks. Like, yeah, is I'm that sure a- you were. She is that Audrey beat, beat and your little uh, weenus off? <laughs> I mean, it'd have to be Audrey and um, Donna, right? Uh, I guess so. Velma's yeah. Donna. Yeah, I think so. Does that mean that Bobby Briggs is uh, is Fred? <laughs> no. Who can say? Yeah, I do. I need that. This will be animated, though. I want it to be animated. Okay. Okay. It's not live action. Scrappy Doo is Wally Brando. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Scrappy Doo is totally <laughs> Wally Brando. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to see uh, Hawk try and talk to Scooby Doo and like get actual information <laughs> out of him. All I know is I want to see Bob get the big. His head is a big rubber mask, actually, that somebody pulls off. Okay. Um, and it's Leland Palmer underneath. Of course. <laughs> oh, gosh. And he would have gotten away with it, too. Those of you snooping FBI agents. Yeah. Anyway, two-thirds of us are on social media. I'm at Brian is an app. And I'm at the Wolk of Z, but I haven't looked at any of it in weeks. That's Good not true. You. I got what on it? threads a little, a little bit ago, and that place is a hellhole. Yeah. It's yeah. worse than Twitter yeah. has ever been. I believe it. Zach, you're so pure. You're free. I, I I wish I could live like you, but I can't. And and Vince is living vicariously through Vin, through Zach tonight. That's the uh, that, that's I that's wish. what Vince is doing. I wish yeah. I wish. Well, thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back next week. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Oh, 
I just feel like he's he's everywhere. If there is, is someone there who may dresses, he'll show up. Yeah, he'll show up. <laughs> <laughs>